What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Down to the Wire. Uh, I am your host, Cam, and uh, my co-host, typical co-host, Mason, is not here uh, tonight or for this week. Uh, He is actually uh, in the hospital. His wife is uh, giving birth, so super congratulations to Mason. I will be able to hold down the fort uh, for this week and possibly the next couple of weeks as uh, he's going to be adjusting to dad life. So super congratulations to Mason and Becca uh, on the new baby. But with that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and get into this week's episode. Uh, and a uh, good bit of stuff happened. Uh, a lot of stuff happened after the games were over. Brian Harson finally out uh, at Auburn. It feels like we've been talking about this all season long. It finally happens. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about that and probably put it to bed until the new hire is made. That happened. And then, you know, games happened last weekend that we're going to talk about. Uh, the new college football playoff poll uh, just came out about two hours before I started recording. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that along with the updated down to the wire poll. The DTTW poll uh, is up and out. So we'll give you both of those rankings and talk through that and talk playoff talk. Uh, and then we're going to end it how uh, we always end it. We're going to go through fantasy, see what happened last week, uh, and then uh, what our lineups are for this week. Players to watch for, obviously, anytime we do this for fantasy. Um, part of the reason why we do it is, one, it's a little fun for us, a little competition along with the picks. But, two, listen, it gives you some players to keep your eye out on when you're watching the game. So uh, that should be able to help you uh, get some names out that you otherwise might not even hear about. Uh, by uh, just you know casually watching the game. So we got the fantasy lineups. And then, of course, we're going to end with picks. Um, and it, it, I am a little disappointed. This would have been a great episode uh, for Mason to be a part of because it is LSU-Bama hate week. Uh, LSU-Bama with the rivalry game that happening this weekend, and I'll get into that, and we'll get into our picks there at the end. So sit back, relax. Enjoy your drive into the office and dry your enjoy your drive home. Enjoy your time at the office. I don't know what you're doing or if it's late at night and you're having a drink. I don't care. Have one for me. Okay. Shots up, drinks up, cheers, and let's get going. Let's first talk about some games that happened this past weekend. Um, wasn't a super jam-packed uh weekend uh of games. Uh there weren't really a ton of really close ones. Um, that you really kind of had your eye on, uh, really. Um, there was one, really, that was uh, Texas A&M and Ole Miss. Uh, if you listened to us last week, you heard us pick Ole Miss. They end up winning by three, uh, and they beat Texas four and eight. Uh, Ole Miss finally uh, gets that win big time. Quinshawn Judkins runs for over 200 yards, 205 yards, and a touchdown. Ran the ball 34 times just for him. Um, if you're an AM fan, though, there are some things that you can take with that that you could be happy about that. Connor Wig- Wigman, the uh, freshman um, quarterback, uh, third string quarterback that is uh, playing due to injury, played a really, really good game. 28 of 44 for 338 and four touchdowns. That's not a bad day for your first ever start. Uh, against uh, an SEC caliber team. Now, Old Miss defense isn't the best defense. Obviously, we've been seeing that. But still, being a true freshman in the SEC, you don't throw any picks. You throw for over 300 yards, and you throw for four touchdowns. Uh, that That's good. The thing that sucks, you have that. 
uh, and you still lose. Texas A&M scored the most points that they have against a Power 5 opponent all year in 28, which is ridiculous that that's the most you've scored against a Power 5 all year long. But you score 28, uh, and you still lose. Um, I don't really know where you know you want to go if you're an A&M fan. Do you, do you look at this and say, okay, that's a step in the right direction, Ole Miss is a good team, which they are, um, or do you take this as, man, just a huge missed opportunity for us to get right, uh, but yet it's just another w- loss, and, and we're now one in four in the conference. Um, and, and we kind of talked about this last week when we talked about A&M, uh, or maybe it was the week before, but you know, in previews, I didn't see A&M having a great season. I think they're having a lot worse season than I thought they would, to, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't know if I expected this. I didn't expect them to be top 10 team like everybody in the national media was projecting them, but I don't think I expected them to be one and four in the conference at this point. Uh, and honestly, they're very fortunate to have that one win against Arkansas and Dallas uh, with the uh, idiotic move that um, that KJ Jefferson made diving from the five, basically won them the game as, as that was the big game changer along with, you know, not trusting college kickers, uh, or kickers in general. And, and I just have to take a moment. I don't know if anybody watched Monday night football last night. Again, we're recording this on Tuesday night. So on Monday, this past Monday with the, uh, Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals, the kickers, especially, uh, especially Cincinnati's kicker, Evan McPherson struggled all night long. I mean, it was hard to watch. Like it's unbelievable. These are easier kicks because of the hash marks. You're not as far wide and like you're getting paid hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to kick a ball through goalpost and you can't do it in the NFL. It just drives me insane. Like how can that happen? How can that happen? It's just unreal uh, how kickers are even in, in professional football. I mean, that just goes to show you, Kickers are just head cases, and, and who freaking knows what's going to happen. Hold your breath every single time. And, and the Cleveland Browns kicker, Kay York, former LSU guy, gets his first field goal, I believe, blocked. Um, and it's just it's unreal uh, how freaking inconsistent kickers are in any freaking league. It's just unreal. So uh, a little tangent there, but let's keep going. Um, Another game that we kind of talked about that <laughs> I am very fortunate that there was that the hook and the in the spread was Georgia Florida when it came came to our picks Georgia was a 22 and a half point favorite they win by 22 so I'll cash that in there if I bet money I would have uh, as I picked Florida there and this was just kind of a weird game um I don't really know what Florida's game plan was for this I'm really confused because you have a freak of nature at quarterback. And instead of taking advantage of his freakish skills and his freakish ability and his mobility and how big he is to be able to just drive down people like you would with a Tim Tebow and Cam Newton, they're they're trying to make him a pocket passing quarterback. Whether this is because they want to help him get to the league and play in the NFL or what, if that's the case, you're doing that to the detriment of your team. Anthony Richardson is a freak athlete. Let him be a freak athlete and let him run. Let him scramble. Use his athletic ability to your advantage. And they really just didn't do that. Now, on the broadcast, if you listen, they talked about it the whole time, you know, the first hit. And, and, and you know, you talk to 
uh, to, to Billy Napier either at halftime or the beginning of the game. They're like, we don't know what you're talking about. He's fine. He did have a little bit of a limp, but I think he's had that for a few weeks. So that's just kind of how he is right now. But the guy is built like a truck, and he can run over anybody. And he just didn't take advantage of it. You had him throw the ball 37 times against this Georgia defense. You weren't really able to run the ball. But part of that is how much of the quarterback run are you really doing? Are you really trying to take advantage of with Anthony Richardson against his Georgia defense? Were you trying to do, uh, uh, trying to be kind of like Tennessee and pass the ball all over him? Be yourself. And it still kind of feels, it feels like they kind of knew what they were. They were a, a running team and play action team, but it seemed like they got away with it because, oh, okay, we can't really run it with traditionally with our running back. So I guess we're just going to pass it instead of setting up packages to highlight Anthony Richardson's strengths. It really just didn't make any sense to me. And even with all that said, you still came out in the third quarter, scored 17 points, and had a chance to keep this being a game. And then you kind of blew it towards the end, and Georgia was able to score uh, and kind of put it out of reach two more times, and you didn't score the rest of the game. So, you, you had your opportunities. If you're Florida, you got some turnovers. You picked off Stetson Bennett two times. You had a fumble recovery. And with all that said, you still lost by 22. Um, listen, this Florida defense is not very good. Um, they gave up six yards of carry to a Georgia team that hasn't been super strong when it comes to running the ball this year. They passed the ball way more than they've ran it. And um you and, and even like it it just it was just really disappointing to see how Florida it seemed kind of rolled over after you know they got hit. I mean they they out of the gate, I mean they were down 28 to 3. It was nice to see them coming out hard in the second half to make it a game. And then you lost it. So you kind of made it a game. You had your run in the third quarter. And then as soon as Georgia scored uh, for the first time in the second half, it was basically over and you didn't have a shot. And again, part of this is game plan, guys. I mean, I just I just don't understand what the game plan was with Anthony Richardson. And I just don't think that the coaching staff has been highlighting his strengths, especially in this game when you really needed it. Um, obviously, the game ended up being a game that you weren't really comfortable playing. I mean, it ended up being a, a shootout type of game. And as, as with Florida, as they currently sit with their current roster, that's not a type of game that you want to be in. You want to be in a slow, drag them down fight. But the problem is you don't really have the defense to kind of force that to happen either. Um, so it, it definitely was a hard matchup, uh, but I, I'm just really surprised on how uh, they used Anthony Richardson in this game. Um, another big game that happened was Ohio State-Penn State. Um, this was a really good game until kind of towards like that back half of the fourth quarter where somehow Ohio State scored 28 points in the fourth quarter and won 44-31. to 31. Game was a lot closer than it looked, but Penn State just collapsed at the end, uh, turning the ball over so many times. I mean, they threw an interception for a touchdown. Uh, they fumbled the ball. <clears throat> I mean, it just they just fell apart uh, at the end of the game, and, and it was really kind of unreal how it happened. But uh, kudos to to Ohio State to uh, to to take control of that game and uh, to to finish it out. But uh, not really much to say there. I didn't watch a lot, but 
it was a lot closer than the score indicates. Penn State did a much better job of hanging in there. They had a lot better showing than what they did against Michigan. But again, they lose another game to a top 10 opponent. I think that's 11 straight was the last that I saw. Um, and, and this is what you get from James Franklin. I mean, your, your Penn State, what do you, the, the question is, what do you expect of yourself, of your program, if you're Penn State? Is this good enough? Um, is it is what you're paying um, is what you're paying James Franklin worth losing 11 in a row to top 10 opponents and you play these teams every year you play Ohio State and you play Michigan every year and you can't beat them um, and and some of these aren't even close like the Michigan game this year uh, and if you just look based on scoreboard the Ohio State game wasn't close even though it was uh, but still I mean you still lost by 13 at home. Um, just kind of disheartening there, especially with how you had it as a close game and then you just kind of self-imploded there at the end. Um, talk about uh, a couple of surprising or really kind of, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of surprising games here. Um, first one is Kansas State absolutely bludgeoning Oklahoma State. And, and two things to note, Oklahoma State had Spencer Sanders, so they had their starting quarterback. He had been dealing with a little bit of an injury with his shoulder and stuff in previous weeks. Uh, I didn't watch the game, so I was really curious. Did he get hurt or something? No, he played. And then Kansas State played their backup quarterback. Adrian Martinez did not play in this game. And Kansas State won 48 to nothing against Oklahoma State. I think this was the most surprising score out of the day uh, that I saw. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Um, the 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 score here and how Oklahoma State couldn't even get on get on the board and, and they're a pretty good offense so big props to Kansas State there and then the other kind of surprising game we'll we'll, we'll talk about two um well, well actually we'll just talk about one uh what we'll, is the Wake Forest Louisville game Louisville beats Wake Forest forty eight to twenty one this isn't Wake Forest was I believe top ten uh, in our rankings in our poll uh, last week and they lose forty eight to 21 and it wasn't pretty uh wake forest turned the ball over a lot in this game they turned it over eight times four interceptions and four lost fumbles and you turn the ball eight over eight times you don't deserve to win and so props to louisville for pulling that one out that one was real surprising uh to me so um, and then the last game that we're going to talk about, Tennessee blows out Kentucky. If you listen to anybody uh, talk about this game leading up to this past weekend, everybody's talking this is a trap game for Tennessee, looking at spot, looking to Georgia, this, that, and the other. Kentucky is complete opposite style. Maybe they can actually force Tennessee to play their game, and that wasn't the case at all. Tennessee wins 44-6 to against Kentucky, which personally I don't think Kentucky's a great team, but they are Fairly solid. I think the most impressive thing, though, was Tennessee's defense in this game. Everybody has been knocking Tennessee. If they had a knock on Tennessee, it was the defense because the defense had one of the worst. Uh, they were 130 out of 131 uh, in pass defense. Well, they passed the test with flying colors, only giving up 98 yards passing to a uh, to a high potential high draft pick. Uh, quarterback and Will Levis, and on top of only giving up 98 yards, they also picked him off three times. Um, so Tennessee played their game completely outclassed Kentucky at home, and they won 44 to six. So that was a big one there. 
and uh, really should just Tennessee flexing, saying, "Hey, like lick the head spot." I don't think so. We're gonna go in. We're gonna win, and we're gonna then we're gonna get ready for Georgia, which is a huge matchup this week. It's a great slate this coming up week, guys. A really good slate of football um, coming up. So uh, we'll have a really good weekend of football. So that's my recap from last week. Wasn't really again, like I said, there weren't a ton of really good and interesting games uh, that uh, you could have watched. Um, there's kind of a lot of kind of blowouts. I mean, Michigan beat Michigan State twenty nine to seven. Not super impressive, but they grinded it out. That's kind of how Michigan plays this year. They just kind of grind you out. And, and they don't really care about points. Uh, they just they just want to beat you up, and they did. Um, and, and, you know, speaking of Michigan State, Michigan, and I'm sure anybody who has been paying attention in the sports world at all has seen the videos of the Michigan State thugs beating up this single Michigan player. And then on top of that, people complaining as, oh, Michigan needs to, you know, fix their stadium and have two tunnels and this, that, and the other. Michigan has been playing ball there for like 100 years, and there's only been a few incidents within the past two games. You don't change it, okay? But, I mean, that's completely unacceptable behavior. Uh, And all of them, I believe a lot of them have been suspended for Michigan State, but it's just unbelievable um, that that even happened. I get it's a rivalry, but like, guys, this is football, okay? You don't need to be fighting in the tunnel after the game and ganging up on a player. That that's just that's that's unacceptable, and 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 that's all I'm gonna say about that. So that's it for games. Um, and before we get into poll and everything, let, let's go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room. Brian Harson finally gets fired, and I say finally, and I kind of feel bad for even saying it that way, but he gets fired, and we've been waiting for this really since the LSU game, I think maybe even a little before that. Um, and honestly, when he didn't get fired during the bye week I figured, you know, I guess they're just going to wait it out till the end of the season and maybe fire him. Like maybe they just don't think they have a good interim. Um, I, I didn't really know what to think. And then it comes out weirdly enough on a Monday, not on Sunday when you typically hear about it, it comes out Monday, that he's fired. Uh, and this really comes right after, um, right after, um, John Cone, the uh, new AD, um, gets hired. And, uh, he was from Mississippi state, former Mississippi state baseball coach. Now the AD at Auburn and basically his first order of business is, um, yeah, we're just going to fire, uh, we're going to, we're just going to go ahead and, and pull the bandaid off and fire Harson. So really interesting there. Um, and again, everybody's kind of been waiting on it. I don't, I don't really know if anybody thought he would actually survive and make it another year. It was just more of a, Hey, you know, uh, when's it going to happen? Is it going to happen mid year? Is it going to happen after the year? It's going to happen. So when is it? And so now we finally get it. So now we can really kind of officially say that the Auburn coaching hire is underway. Um, I've gone to a few different places to see if I could find some odds on um, head coaching uh, on, on who's the favorite to be the next head coach. And so far I'm seeing the favorite being Hugh freeze. Oddly enough, I don't, I honestly think there's no shot that Hugh freeze is the hire now with John Cone 
being the AD. For those of you that don't know, Joan Cohn, again, was at Mississippi State. Hugh Freeze was the rival of Mississippi State at Ole Miss. I just don't think there's any chance that he hires him along with there's just kind of this weird thing that's out there of maybe the SEC doesn't even want Hugh Freeze uh, to be a coach, head coach in the SEC. Who knows? I don't know what that is, but I, I – and they honestly, if they would have hired an AD from anywhere else, I would say there's a chance. But with it being John Cohn, I think there's no shot Hugh Freeze is the next coach. Uh, next, you got Lane Kiffin. Again, Hugh Freeze is plus 350 odds that I'm seeing here on bookies.com. Um, Hugh Freeze at plus 350. Lane Kiffin at plus 400. The next is uh, Mason's boy, old Deion Sanders, primetime. He's at plus 500. Uh, next I see on the list is Lance Leopold from Kansas. He's plus 700. Uh, I think a lot of my Bama fans will probably be happy, uh, and hoping and praying that this happens, but Bill O'Brien is plus a thousand. Uh, Matt rule, the former Panthers coach used to f- coach at uh, Baylor and temple before that was fired by the Panthers this year. He's at plus 12,000. Um, and then Luke fickle, the head coach at Cincinnati, which I kind of thought about him. Maybe that could be a really sneaky hire there. Uh, if Auburn can get Luke Fickle, I think that'd be an awesome hire, honestly. He's at plus 2,000. I think he is, honestly, if there's a dark horse out of any of these, I think it's Luke Fickle. And then for the rest of the field, it's plus 500. If it's anybody else besides those that I mentioned, uh, it's plus 500, again, according to boogies.com. Again, if you're asking me, I say it's Lane Kiffin. If I'm an Auburn fan, I pick Lane Kiffin. Um, I think he's who you get. I don't think you need to go with Dion. I, I just, I don't think that you hire a guy who's in his second year as ever being a head coach and coaching in general, and it's at a HBCU. I don't think you then give him the keys to Auburn. We're talking about a football program that when it's going and going right, it's one of the top programs in college football. It's in the SEC West. You're going against the best, going against Nick Saban and Brian Kelly and um, and potentially Lane Kiffin still. And, um, you know, you got on the East with Kirby Smart and um, Josh Heupel and Billy Napier and, um, you know, all these really good coaches in the SEC now. I just – I find it hard to believe if, – if Dion is at some other school, like he's at his second stint, uh, or at a second job somewhere, and it's actually in like maybe a power, small power five school, uh, like maybe a Georgia Tech or or an up or a, a, a group of five team, and he's going undefeated and all this kind of stuff like you normally see. Then I would consider it, but I just think it's a huge jump for Auburn to hire Deion Sanders from an HB. I just I find that hard to believe, and it has not, again this has nothing to do with skin color, guys. This just has to do with if it's any coach first ever time coach and they're coaching at a small school like this. They haven't coached anywhere else. I wouldn't want LSU to hire him. I, if I'm Auburn, I just, I can't think that could happen. Matt rule. I would put pick Matt rule over Deion Sanders. The problem with that is that Matt rule just got fired. It says he want to jump right back into coaching after that. He's going to be pretty comfortable with the buyout money from the Panthers. That's kind of who I, and again, like I said, the dark horse is Luke Fickle. He is a great coach, guys. Okay, really good coach at Cincinnati. He has built that program uh, further up since Brian Kelly left. Um, 
Brian Kelly left, and then I think it was Tommy Tuberville, and then Luke Fickle came in, I think is what the order was. But he's built that program into a contender every year. Uh, they are going to the Big 12, but you can get into the SEC West. I think you got to take that shot if you're Luke Fickle. That's kind of the dark horse that I would definitely say look out for uh, if, if you're uh, a fan of Auburn or uh, just an outsider looking in, look for that. But again, I, if I if I would bet money, I would bet my money on Lane Kiffin being the next hire at Auburn and just see how it goes, man. And again, I think it would be really interesting. And I think Lane honestly has a really good personality. And with his beef with Nick Saban, I think that's just kind of perfect for Auburn. I just think that kind of fits. But Again, that's my own opinions. Um, nothing to do with Auburn opinions, but that's what I think. I, I'd go Lane Kiffin, Matt Roll, and then um, and then I'd go Luke Fickle. And, and I, honestly, if it was anybody else, I'd put Hugh Freeze on that list, but I just don't think he has a shot, personally. I just don't. Um, I could be wrong, but that's just my opinion on it. So Auburn, coaching shirt starts now. If you're a Auburn fan, buckle in, man, because – uh, the coaching search time is a wild time, especially when you fire a coach midway through the year. Again, I'm speaking from experience from the search that we had last year for LSU. It's a freaking roller coaster. Buckle up because it's a long ride, guys. You got probably at least a month uh, until you really know who your guy is going to be. So with that said, let's go ahead and, and let's move on to the down to the wire poll. And then we're going to get into the college football playoff. Um and uh, we got our new poll this week uh, with how the formatting is. Again, it's Mason and I's top 25. We include the AP rankings as well. Uh, and then this week, since the college football playoff poll came out, we added those as well instead of using the coaches poll. So, and again, if we have any uh, interaction from you guys, uh, we'll add those in as well. This week we did not, which is a okay. It's fine. Everybody has is, isn't able to do it, but if you can, again, feel free to find us on social media. It'll be there, uh, and you can comment below on your top ten or top twenty five, and we can get your rankings included in the poll. But the uh, formatting this week again, me and Mason's top twenty five, along with the AP poll and the college football playoff. So with that said, we're going to start low to high. At number 25, Liberty makes its appearance in the Down to the Wire poll. They're at 25. Uh, at 24 is UCF. At 23, we have Oregon State. At 22, we have Syracuse. At 21, we have NC State. And at number 20, we have Tulane. They're climbing up there, climbing up Tulane as they keep winning after they beat Cincinnati last week. Uh, at number 19 and 18, at 19, we have Wake Forest. and 18, we have Oklahoma State. Two big drops for them, both of them uh, formerly in the top 10 last week, both of them with just horrendous losses uh, as they had a big drop. At number 17, we have Penn State. They didn't drop too much. They had a pretty respectable game against Ohio State, um, but they did lose, so they are at number 17. A team that we talked about just steadily climbing is number 16, North Carolina. They had an early loss this season against Notre Dame. And they just keep winning since then, man. They're at number 16. They're still climbing uh, on their way to a possible ACC championship game matchup against Clemson. So that could be a good one there. At number 15, and this is a surprise for everybody, I think, with how good they're doing, number 15 with Illinois. Illinois just playing a really good football, only one loss. Watch out for them in the Big Ten. They'll probably eventually get slaughtered by either Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. But 
they'll at least make it there. I don't think anybody picked them to be there. At number 14, we have Ole Miss after their uh, close win against AM. And then we have a tie for 12th between Kansas State after they bludgeoned Oklahoma State and LSU after they were off. They move up to number 12, tied with Kansas State at number 11. And, and here in the next four slots, we have all Pac-12 teams. At, at number 11, we have Utah. At number 10, we have UCLA. At number 9, we have USC. At number 8, we have Oregon. Oregon has been on a tear since they had that embarrassing loss to Georgia in the opening week. They look like a completely different team, and they're really on the rise. They're at number 8. At number 7, we have TCU still undefeated, still going strong. At number 6, we have Alabama. Uh, At number 5, we have Clemson. 4, we have Michigan. At three, we have Georgia. And then this week, we had another swap. It seems to swap every other week right now. At number two, we have Ohio State. And then at number one, we have Tennessee as your number one ranked team in the country. So it's a number one versus number three matchup in Athens this week. Uh, So it should be a good one. So those are our picks. There's only one other team that received votes that did not make it the cut, and that was Texas. Uh, They were one vote shy of tying Liberty for that 25th spot. But Texas is out of the poll. And uh, they're just outside there at, with five votes within Liberty at 25 with six. So that's the rankings uh, that we have, which fairly close, fairly similar to how the playoff rankings come out. The playoff rankings came out and we'll go with top four. Top four was Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia. And then number four was Clemson. That's the big change um, in difference between the uh, playoff poll and our poll is we have Michigan at four and Clemson at five. They have it the opposite. They have Clemson at four, Michigan at five. Um, another kind of small, small change. They have LSU at 10, uh, which is surprising to me being the LSU fan in the room. Uh, that seemed a bit higher than I expected. So uh, good on my Tigers. there being up in the top 10, uh, but those are the rankings. I'm pretty happy with them. Again, we want your interaction with this. We want this to be part of your poll. We want this to be the community poll uh, for our audience. And uh, we want to see how it matches up and, and what all we think regarding the college football playoff rankings because those are the ones that matter. Uh, and then once we get closer to the final rankings, we'll start talking a little bit more playoff uh, and do some scenarios there uh, when Mason gets back for sure. So those are the polls there. Um, and uh, again, if you have any questions, any comments on that, feel free to uh, make a comment or like the post or share the post on Facebook or Twitter as the poll will be posted there uh, here soon. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and let's talk fantasy. Uh, fantasy this week, again, probably going to be a shorter episode, but fantasy this week. Um, last week, I am sad to report that I did not get my first lead of the season it seems that we seem to just have this flip-flopping effect right now where i win one and get tied and then mason wins and he pulls away with the game so mason did win last week uh i believe it was fairly close actually no it wasn't close at all mason won 107 and i only had 75 so wasn't really close unfortunately uh but mason did get the win so he got first picks this week in the fantasy lineup so Mason at quarterback is going with old Bo Nix at Oregon. Uh, man, I, I cannot believe that Bo Nix is going off this year and the fact that he is going off this year and then one time that I picked him was week one when he peed down his leg against Georgia is just unfreaking believable But that's just kind of how it goes, I guess. Um, at running back, he has Zach Charbonnet, the guy over at UCLA. 
At wide receiver, he's going with Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee. At tight end, he's going with Darnell Washington, the giant tight end over at Georgia. And then at flex, he's going with Mo Ibrahim, uh, running back over at Minnesota. So that's Mason's lineup. Bo Nix, Zach Charbonnet, Jalen Hyatt, Darnell Washington, and Mo Ibrahim. All right, so now it's my turn. So, uh, with, I mean, listen, with how things seem to be going this season in our fantasy picks, I, I guess it's just kind of meant to be that I'm just going to win and it's going to be tied. This is just how it's going to go. And so here's the winning lineup for this week. Uh, I'm going with CJ Stroud at quarterback, Ohio State. I mean, you got to. Got to pull out all the stops here. Going with CJ Stroud. At running back, I'm going with Nick Singleton over at Penn State. At wide receiver, I'm taking the other Tennessee wide receiver. Uh, it seems like I've picked all of them now at this point uh, with this week. And I'm going with Cedric Tillman, Tennessee wide receiver. At tight end, and and you know it's getting bad uh, when it comes to our tight end picks uh, that I am picking a Texas 4-8 and eight tight end. Uh, but I'm going with Donovan Green from Texas 4-8. and eight. Uh, at tight end, and then at flex, I'm going with Xavier Hutchinson, uh, the wide receiver over at Iowa State. So there's the lineups this week. Keep your eye on on those players as you watch your football this coming up weekend, and uh, we'll tell you how we did next week and see if I can freaking tie it up and, and keep this uh, keep this ping pong game going. So <clears throat> with all that said, let's go ahead and talk about games this week. Going through last week, uh, Mason and I tied. We were both three and four. wasn't the best week, uh, but we both went three and four over the season. Mason still has a three-game lead on me. He is 37, 32, and three, whereas I am one game under 500. I am 34, 35, and three. So, got my work cut out. We're going into the last month of the season. I got to get my picks here and catch up to Mason. Uh, and so we're, we're going to start it here. We're going to go Oregon state at Washington. Washington is a three and a half point favorite at home against Oregon state. Washington got beat by Arizona state last week and it wasn't really close. Um, and, and this could be one of those sneaky lines that we've kind of talked about, but we're both going with Oregon state here. We think that both, uh, both of us like Oregon State on the road to cover the three and a half. <clears throat> Next, we have Florida at Texas four and eight. Texas four and eight is a three and a half point home favorite against the Gators. Both teams coming off of tough losses. Florida coming off of a blowout loss to Georgia where they saw a little bit of fight, but even still wasn't even nearly enough. And then Texas four and eight losing to Ole Miss. Um, this is one where we differ. Mason's going with Texas four and eight to win. And I kind of called this, uh, last week. I honestly think that Florida is going to beat Texas A&M. I mean, I just, I, I can honestly see Texas A&M only winning one game against UMass the rest of the way. Okay. Maybe they can beat Auburn and be, uh, five and, and seven, but I think Florida can go on the road and win this one, uh, this week. I just think again, Anthony Richardson is due for a huge game and a carry team on my back game. And I'm going with this one uh, Florida beating, not just covering, but I think they beat Texas A&M this weekend in college station. The next one is Baylor at Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a three and a half point favorite at home. This is another one where we differ. Mason likes Oklahoma to cover the three and a half. And I like Baylor. I think Baylor is actually going to win the game against Oklahoma. So I think Oklahoma still has a lot of problems and Baylor is still a really solid football team. So I'm going with Baylor. And then probably the biggest game of the week and possibly of the year. Crazy that you could possibly say that this is, could be a bigger game than Tennessee, Alabama, as that was just an insane game. 
But Tennessee at Georgia, number one versus number three here. And Georgia is a eight and a half point home favorite. That's a lot. Tennessee on his pick, or Tennessee, Mason on his pick is going with Tennessee. He's at least picking him to cover. I don't know if he's picking them to win, but he's at least picking them to cover the eight and a half. I'm picking Tennessee outright. If you talk to me since the Tennessee-Alabama game, I've said that Tennessee is going to beat Georgia, and I've said it for weeks now, and I'm still going with it. Tennessee's offense is legit. Their defense can stop the run, and it's going to make Georgia one-dimensional. Stetson Bennett is the worst quarterback on the field. He's not very good, and they just don't have the vertical threats. Tennessee, yes, they struggle and pass defense, but that's because teams have to pass the ball on them all the time, which is why the stats look crazy, and they're like 130 out of 131 as of last week. I don't know what they're at now, but I really, really, really like Tennessee, and I think they go into Athens and win. Um, and, I, and I've kind of heard this talked about in different Facebook groups and, and people that I listen to. Um, Tennessee does kind of have that 2019 LSU vibe where it seems like they're just that team of destiny, that team that's just going to go out and win. And so that year, LSU had to go on the road to Bama. They had to win. They had to get the monkey off their back. Tennessee already got one off beating Alabama at home, but now they have the big road test at Georgia, and I think they get it done because I think Hendon Herker is uh, legit and is going to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. They have Cedric Tillman back, which always, which already helps a really good wide receiving core with Brew McCoy and, of course, Jalen Hyatt, who's just had his hair on fire, scoring touch, like five touchdowns a game, it seems. I'm going Tennessee to win uh, on the road at Georgia. Next, we have Liberty at Arkansas. And again, like, what is up with Arkansas and their scheduling, guys? Like, why are we scheduling Liberty and who freeze in the middle of the season as your group of five, like, quote-unquote cupcake game at the end of the year? Like, what are you thinking? Um, Arkansas is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. That is way too high for me, along with Mason. We're both going with Liberty in this one. Hugh Freeze has it rolling there, and it's just, I mean, they're both going to score points. I don't know if Liberty will win, but I think they're going to cover the 13-and-a-half for sure. Next, this is kind of a weird line to me as well. Texas going on the road to Kansas State. Texas is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Texas was off last week. They didn't play, so they got some time to regroup after uh, the loss to Oklahoma State. And Kansas State is home again. And they're coming off of just the bludging of Oklahoma State. And if you're kind of anybody, you would figure that Kansas State would be the team favored maybe by two and a half because Texas really has not been good on the road uh, with Sark being the head coach. They've only won one road game in his two years so far, or maybe one and a half or one of two thirds or whatever you want to call it. He's in year two. They've only won one time. That was earlier this year against Iowa State. And they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, we're both going with Texas, though. Um, and the reason I'm going with Texas is, man, Kansas State just like blew it up and, and probably gave everything they had last week for that win. And I think they're going to have a little bit of a hangover. Even though it wasn't a close game and they won convincingly, I still think there's going to be an emotional hangover after that big win, and I like Texas uh, to win this week. Next one, we have Clemson going on the road to Notre Dame. Clemson is a four-point favorite at home. Um, If you listened to the show last week when we talked about Notre Dame and Syracuse, you would have heard me say this. 
No freaking way, dude. No way that they go into the Kyrie Dome and win. Okay. Syracuse defense is too good and they're at home. Okay. There's no way Syracuse loses this. I'm going Syracuse all the way. Go orange. <laughs> is this going to be the one game? That, I need like, you to cut, this week? I need you to okay. cut that clip for me. Go ahead. The no way cut it out. <laughs> yeah, that, that did not uh, age well at all. Did it as Notre Dame destroyed Syracuse? Unbelievably. I just, I still can't believe it. Honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, my hate for Notre Dame backfired me <laughs> and it did not look good. Um, but, and Mason's going with Notre Dame to cover the four. I don't know if he's telling him to win. I know last week he didn't think that Clemson would go undefeated. So we'll see what happens there, but I'm going Clemson. I think Clemson will beat Notre Dame and cover the four while they're on the road at Notre Dame. I'm just, I'm still not a believer in Notre Dame. And even though they made me look like a fool last week, I'm still t- sticking to my guns. And uh, yeah, I'm going with Clemson. I think they win. Next up on the list is we have Florida State at Miami. Miami has just looked like a train wreck. And Florida State, uh, after having a solid start, has really stumbled lately. Uh, Again, they've been playing tough teams. But you got to hope, at least with your program up on the rise, that you pull one of those out. Fortunately, you weren't able to. So now you go on the road to play Miami. They are a seven and a half point favorite. And I will say this. I was telling a friend of mine uh, this uh, earlier before I started recording. If somehow Florida State loses this game, I am going to be calling for Mike Norvell's job. There is no reason for Florida State to lose this game to Miami. And you know what? This might end up being the clip that needs to be posted next week. Like uh, I posted, like I played the uh, Notre Dame Syracuse clip that I had last week. But I don't care. If you're a Florida State you need to kick this guy Miami down while they're down. You got to kick them while they're down, and you got to win this game. Mason and I are both going with Florida State to cover the seven and a half on the road. And man, I'm telling you, Florida State, you better win this game. Otherwise, yeah, the the noise is going to get big. And maybe, hey, maybe Florida State gets Dion. Who knows? Um, next, we have Wake Forest at NC State, so another ACC matchup. Wake Forest breaking our heart and getting destroyed by Louisville. Problem with NC State is they don't have their quarterback. Um, they're on their backup because uh, 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 Levy, Devin Le- Levy, Olivi, Levy, something like that. Uh, he he is injured and out for the year, so he's not playing. Wake Forest is a four and a half point road favorite against NC State, and Mason and I both like Wake Forest here for them to bounce back after an ugly loss against Louisville. We're both going with Wake Forest. And now probably the game that all of you have been waiting on me to talk about, since it's just me this week. Alabama going on the road to Baton Rouge Saturday night in Death Valley against the LSU Tigers. Bama is a 13 and a half point favorite. Holy moly. Man, Mason, I really wish you were here because <laughs> we probably would have gotten pretty rowdy on this one, but it'll be a little tame here probably for you. I honestly don't know what to think of this game. I really don't. Um, Honestly, I could just go with my heart and say LSU by a million, <laughs> which I don't think it will happen. But I also don't think that Bama runs away with the game. 
no matter if I think LSU is going to win or not, 13 and a half is just way too many points to me. Way too many points this year. If it's another year, maybe. This this is a different LSU team, okay? They're going to cover the 13 and a half at home. Okay, that's going to happen. So my pick is LSU. Obviously, Mason is going Bama by a million, okay? So there you go, Mason. Mason thinks Bama by a million. I just, I don't know what to think. I really don't. Because he, here's the thing. the The big... The big question mark for LSU has been offensive line. And one of the big strengths for Alabama is your Ed Rushers and Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. Um, the problem with that is that they can't just pin their ears back and rush up the field because you're playing Jaden Daniels, who is one of the fastest players on LSU's team at quarterback and can run for 100 yards if you keep doing that. So so this helps LSU's true freshman tackles, you would think. If if Alabama is going to play this, we're going to do this contain rush, that could really favor LSU, honestly, and and help negate that. So it'll be really interesting because, I mean, that's how the where the game is going to be won or lost, honestly, is LSU's offensive line versus Bama's defensive line. That's the game. If LSU can get stalemates and do well enough in the run game to keep Alabama off balance, I think LSU's defense will be able to do a good of a, will put up enough of a fight against Bama's offense to at least keep them in the game. But for LSU to pull off the upset, which I think is possible, their offense has to be able to run the ball and Jaden has to have games like he's had the past two times he's out. LSU has scored 45 points the last two games. Again, you could say, oh, that's not against very good defense. This is against Florida, and it's against against Ole Miss. Listen, you score 45 points, that's impressive. And and especially with an offense that looked anemic before, you you got confidence. You've got my picks, and I I still don't know if I think LSU is going to win outright or not. I honestly don't know. Again, I don't know what to think of this game. Part of it is the LSU, um, uh, you know, LSU side of me is like, oh, yeah, LSU's definitely going to win. But there's also the um, sky is falling of, oh, you know, it's Alabama or there's no way we're going to win type thing. I, I really just don't know, man. I really don't know. But it's Alabama hate week. And for the people, I'm going LSU. I got them to win, got them to cover. I think they can win the game at home, surprise everybody and win the SEC West and get to Atlanta, play Tennessee again, beat Tennessee, making the playoff as the first two-loss team. Let's freaking go. So with all that said, short episode this week, but thank you guys for listening, uh, and uh, we will catch you on the next one.